welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. Back here on the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast, Chip Patterson, Barton Simmons, uh, coming to you from... Residence in Birmingham. We're uh, we're we're on the road right now, man. Barton, how you doing? I'm good. Yep. How, how was it soaking in the number one team in college football? Uh, I got I got a lot of takes. You know, for a game that on a, on a wild uh, on a wild Saturday. And first of all, props to you for kind of calling that going in. You know, you you were coming out with the you know, miss me with the idea that this was going to be some kind of boring weekend. And I think we ended up having one of the more impactful weekends nationally. And I, I wonder if, from your perspective, does Alabama's 22-point trouncing of Texas A&M just sort of just, just end up falling by the wayside because of how routine it seemed? Yeah, well, first of all, yes. Um, ended up being a good weekend, though. I will say, like, through the – during the day, it wasn't like it wasn't the best morning. It wasn't the best early afternoon slate. It wasn't living up to my hype on that end. But once we got into the early evening and then nighttime games, that there was some there was some action. Yeah. That, that was fun. So uh, so yes, on that end, it was it was a big big day. Um, but I don't know. I mean, as far as the Alabama, like it's funny, Alabama. And I think this just tells me a lot about kind of what these. So when when Texas A&M basically nearly beat Clemson, uh, that you know they came away and you're like, all right, I'm 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 impressed with with Texas A&M. Like they brought it. Texas A&M loses to Alabama by 22. They covered. And I come away being like, yeah, and, and they covered. And but I'm like, man, A&M's pretty good. Like yeah. I, to me, the fact that it can be a 22-point loss to Alabama is sort of the equivalent of, of validating yourself as it is to a nearly beating Clemson, I think sort of subconsciously tells me where I am with these teams. Like Alabama just is, is taking on some, some mythic uh, traits here to, in terms of like how good this team is and, and how impressed I am that someone can even just kind of stay in the game. Uh, I in seeing Alabama in person, uh, just you know, it is never a shock because it is a it is a Barton Simmons trademark line, but also uh, one that is echoed throughout all of college football. But man, like recruiting matters, but also the development and whatever it takes to have those young studs ready to go. Because I wonder, and I've I've kicked this around a little bit, but. I wonder if Alabama's defense is almost getting slept on because we spend so much time looking at Tua in the offense. Like Patrick Sertain, Xavier McKinney, uh, you were you were looking at and, and he's you know this isn't a young player by any stretch of the imagination because he's been there a while. But like I thought, Raquan Davis had a great game. I thought Isaiah Bugs had a great game. Like I watched that Alabama team and they were going for the ball out belt, which by the way. I do feel like I, my new campaign is to remind people that the turnover chain 
came years after Bama had the ball out belt. Like the fact that they are hungry for that, like Eddie Jackson, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick kind of Jonathan Allen, create the turnovers and take it the other way. I, the young dudes on defense flying around the tenacity with which they played. I was like, man, yes, there are a lot of things that I'm sure, you know, we can, we can break them down here. There's a lot of things about the offense that could potentially be mythic and historic, but that, that defense has really answered the call, and, and I continue to be more and more impressed with just how nasty and ferocious they are right now. Yeah, I mean, well, that's I think that's what makes the defense so good, and, and you sort of year in, year out, is there's this element of like, man, if I don't get to this quarterback right now, someone else is, and I want, I want a piece of that meat. Like, if, if I don't go pick this ball off and, and take it to the house, Dylan Moses is, and I want a piece of this, that meat, and so... I think that's what makes them so good, um, and and you know I think that that's that's sort of the mentality they instill in practice too. You know, talking when you talk to NFL scouts, like one of the things that uh, um, they've told me is like there isn't like a lot of these guys, the the Bama beef, the Bama knock from an NFL's perspective is less that like they're tapped out. You know, you kind of hear that phrase like they're tapped out or. Um, you know they're 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 maxed out when you get to the next level, but but it's more of they're so they're kind of beat down physically because in practice they're practicing against NFL guys every day. So like it's it's sort of this you know you, there, there's two sides of it. Like one is they're practicing against NFL guys every day, and so then when they get to the NFL it's easier for them. But two is their body is it has taken some some wear and tear, regardless of what the tread says in terms of what they're their rep numbers are in the games, but like every day there's this battle and practice that, that NFL scouts have sort of noticed can kind of wear some guys down sometimes. And so uh, I felt like that was interesting to hear that perspective because that that's sort of the way they play on the field as well. So, uh, but there's no question. Like that was the big question I had with Alabama this year was, all right, what's, what's, is it an Alabama defense? And clearly it is an Alabama defense. It, but that said, A&M goes out and puts 23 points on him. Kellen Mond's not a perfect night or not a perfect day, but Dude, he, he bounced off a back. 54-yarder. Yeah, like he he threw that interception on the first drive of the game, but then comes back and ends up leading a 99-yard touchdown drive later in the half. Like they're the the fact that A&M continued to get back up off the mat and respond. Right. Jimbo Fisher was right. nothing but positive after the game. I mean, he was like yeah. he was like, "Listen, you know, we we got a ways to go." I'm so proud of this team for the way they continue to fight right down to the very end. And Gary Danielson said on uh, on the CBS Sports HQ uh, post game show, he was like, "I think they're one recruiting class away from being uh, significantly better in terms of contention, and maybe two recruiting classes away from being able to challenge someone in the SEC West." And you point to uh, Nick Saban. Year one wasn't wasn't all that great, but there were building blocks. Kirby Smart year one wasn't you know it, it didn't all click into place, but you could see where things were going. And I, I you know again two losses, Clemson and Alabama. I am no fan of moral victories, but it does feel I'm with you, Barton. It feels like Texas a And M's headed in the right direction. Yeah, and the, I think the beyond just the um, recruiting thing, beyond just bring, bringing bringing in recruiting classes is 
what it means to be in a program of being a strength and conditioning program over the course of a couple of off seasons and instilling that culture. Like that's, that's, that, that probably as much as anything is what's been the difference with Georgia because Georgia inherited talent with Kirby smart. And I, but I think having some time to instill and institute sort sort of the toughness, the discipline and the, and the physicality, uh, of that that their their strength and conditioning program was going to bring is is as important as anything, and that's sort of the thing that's overlooked with with Alabama is yes they have stacked number one classes on top of number one classes, and that's why they're so good. But the reason that they're so exponentially good relative to everybody else is that those classes have been maximized with Scott Cochran and, and the strength and conditioning program, and so everyone is trying to find that piece of it to match up with the recruiting side of it too. And if you do, you're in good shape. And I think a and will get there eventually. So real quick, um, I don't have any really large takeaways about Clemson, Georgia Tech. I didn't get many eyes on it, but I wanted to ask you because you seem to reference it. So as you're using Texas A&M as this, uh, you know, kind of interesting marker about, you know, where Alabama is, does that also – Uh, give you an opinion of where Clemson is right now? I guess, do you, you know, you got to consider the venue, Texas A&M playing at Bryant-Denny Stadium, Clemson playing at uh, Kyle Field. But let's even say that's a touchdown swing. Do you think right now Alabama's two touchdowns better than Clemson? I think it's, it's to be determined because Clemson is still evolving into Trevor Lawrence's team. Mm, Fair. Uh, you know what I mean? Like yes, I think yes. right now, probably yeah, there are probably two better touchdowns better. But you know, does Clemson look different by the end of the season when Trevor Lawrence is is under center? Because the reality is, look, Clemson goes Clemson goes five plays for five yards, three plays for eight yards and punts, and then Trevor Lawrence hops in and goes seven plays for 74 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's what, like, we're here. We're like, here. Th- we knew this time would come, and we're here. You know, second second possession was two plays, 56 yards and a touchdown. Like, that's, you know, and then the third possession was an interception. But that's going to come early in the season. You may as well get those out of the way now. But we're here with Clemson. 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 It's Trevor Lawrence. It was all. It's all been a projection. I think we can say it. Like this team needs Trevor Lawrence to maximize, and the, you know, there's no, there's, there's, the time is now to go ahead and get this rolling because it's, you know, you don't want to get to the playoffs or, or the ACC championship game or something, and it'd be too late to to realize like, all right, this team hadn't quite clicked yet with the new quarterback. But I mean, that's the reality. Like, look. Trevor Lawrence was – I'm just looking at the – to make sure I had this right. So first drive, Trevor Lawrence is in. Seven plays, 74 yards, touchdown. Next drive, two plays, 56 yards, touchdown. Next plays, two yards, interception, okay? Next drive, 12 plays, 64 yards, touchdown. Next drive, seven plays, 74 yards, five yards, touchdown. Like – and then they, and then they gave T- Kelly Bryant the, uh, the job back when it was already 35-7. to seven. And so I'm just – I mean, the offense is better. It's just better with, with with Trevor Lawrence in there, and I don't. I hate to simplify it to the quarterback, but we've been we've been hitting at this all all year, all off season, all preseason, and it's just time for Clemson to go ahead and hand the keys to Trevor Lawrence 
and let's see if the, how good they can be because we talked about last, you know, what was it, 26, you know, like, what, Clemson hadn't looked as good as Alabama. They haven't looked probably as good as Ohio State or Georgia either in terms of just the, you know, the, the product, feet, the product on the field. Just, happened. Yeah, they have not looked. Uh, they We are carrying them in that upper tier because of what we know Clemson, 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 Kansas, and see the program, which is a credit to Clemson that they have elevated themselves to that standard and that status. But, yes, they have – they have not put on the field the kind of performance that um, that necessarily they like they, they don't have the receipts yet. How about that? Right, and 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 you look back and, and the the counter argument is so what? Twenty sixteen, they didn't look the part either, and then they turned it on in in the playoffs, and they went and won it. Fine, and 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 what you know the the critic will say to that is well they had they had Deshaun Watson then. And you look at this team, and you're like, whatever. They've been they've been a little bit lazy through the first few weeks. They haven't d- dominated. They haven't looked like the number one team in the country. And you can't say, well, it's fine. They got Deshaun Watson, but you can't say they have Trevor Lawrence. And you can say, you know what? They got Trevor Lawrence. And if they believe in that, to say, all right, we will turn it on when Trevor Lawrence starts to really click with this offense. I, I believe that. I believe that that's a, a realistic scenario and a realistic possibility. But but you know they need to really buy in or sell out for him to to make that happen. And I don't know, maybe like maybe there's I don't know how much longer they're going to dip their toe in because to me it seems pretty evident that he is uh, he, you know he's the best option for them. This is a road game for me, as I mentioned earlier. So I don't have uh, I don't have full access to the library, but I really do want to go back and see compare this to our comments on Kelly Bryant because we came out of that Texas A and M game saying Kelly Bryant's the dude. If he's going to be the starting quarterback. Did we? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't think I ever was like, he's the dude. I no. think I was like, hey, yeah, he was, he was better than we thought. No, the, the, but I don't think, I don't, I, I don't think we ever were like Kelly Bryant. Like, like Trevor Lawrence still was the answer. Agreed. The, don't we, didn't we both still think Trevor Lawrence was the eventual answer? The, the determining statement and the ultimate statement was at the beginning of the season, we thought that if, if Clemson made the college football playoff, that Trevor Lawrence would be the starting quarterback and coming out of this win, I think I saw from Kelly Bryant, everything that I needed to see. And if Clemson was in the college football playoff, I think Kelly Bryant is going to be the starter. We were in full. I don't know that I went that far. Ooh. Did I go that far? Really? I, I, I mean, listen, we'll, I, I'll, we'll I'll check find, the tape. I'll find the audio. I, Cause I feel like I've always felt like, look, I think maybe what I, my comment was a hey, Kelly Bryant can take them to the college football playoffs. They need Trevor Lawrence but, to win a national championship. Yeah, maybe it was something like that. I still I've I've, I've always felt they're the best team with Kelly with uh, Trevor Lawrence. I I think I've I don't know, maybe I'm misremembering, but I feel like that's always been my perspective. Um and and that's that's I think starting to to become evident uh the more they play this year. We were just in wild overreaction season. In week one, in week, that was week or two. Whatever, week yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I will. Hey, listen. When the dust settles and we get back on Tuesday's show, I'll have the clip. We'll, we'll yeah. check the tape. I, I mean, let's let's check it. Like uh, filmed a lot. Uh, all right. So, do you do you come away from Stanford, Oregon, with um, like like where on the emotion chart are you coming out? 
like very high on Stanford, very low on Oregon. You know, what's the there because it was a game that for uh I mean obviously it was a lock fight, as we mentioned. Um <laughs> what a brutal loss yeah. for us, man. God, did you did you see it? Were oh, you I've, watching it? Yeah, I was watching it. <laughs> I mean unbelievable i mean that was that was and I, it was a bad week for your boy the kid had a rough a, a rough go of it this weekend um but and that was that was the icing on the uh, on the cake there but yes all right so anyways now now that i've bemoaned our loss there so am i uh, so am i uh like, like i think the game was trash at the end of it i hated it am i only saying that from somebody who was on oregon like is well, there was, is there was, a positive to t- be taken away from Stanford because like on one hand a lot of times teams that do end up winning conference championships top 10 teams they have moments in the schedule where they go on the road and they win a game that they probably didn't deserve to win and we always go back and we look at it and we're like man this is when that season turned for this 11 and 1 team and maybe that was a moment like that for Stanford but in the in like the grand scheme of did Stanford play a good enough game to win? I did not think they did. I thought they were handed an opportunity, and Stanford's too good not to take that opportunity. Right. I, I think there's a lot of positive takeaway for Stanford because, like you, I mean, yeah, they just figure if they did figure out a way, and, and Oregon handed it to them a little bit, but they 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 had to go get it too, and it wasn't as if. I, I don't know. It wasn't as if like Stanford just Clint Sterner, you know, set the or Oregon set the ball on the ground for him to go get or whatever. Like it was. I mean, Stanford had to go win it, and and even after the fumble late in the game, like Stanford had to go complete some passes and score a touchdown, and they had to win it overtime. And um, or I guess it was a field goal. I guess they had to get. Um, but I, I think ultimately. My my takeaway here is, I mean, a couple of takeaways. One, Justin Herbert was was like everything that I I kept on sit my my in my in my build up for the game. I kept on saying, I think Oregon will win because Justin Herbert will be the best player on the field, and I think I I like suspected that, but I don't know how much I really truly believed he was going to look like the next the next level, no doubt best player on the field. And he did. Yeah, he was awesome. Like yeah. he was really awesome, and and so I think if you're Oregon, that's very exciting. I think a lot of those receivers were making plays. Mitchell had an awesome They're, game. Dylan Mitchell from Memphis, Tennessee, big game. Um, and so I think you're feeling good if you're Oregon, and and yeah, you made some mistakes, but I still think that's a game you can take a lot of positives from. On the other side, on Stanford, a they figured out a way to win. B it's start. It's time to maybe start shifting our thinking as far as like the the JJ Arcega Whiteside, um, uh, KJ Costello deal is is like the counter to Bryce Love. I mean that's that is their strength right now, and KJ Costello isn't just blindly throwing it up there. I mean he's playing. There's some good quarterback play right now with that kid, and that that creates a pretty like that creates some major issues for defenders. Like if if they've got to, if you if you got to be too high all game with the safeties, then Bryce Love's gonna 
going to break you off some. If, if you're going to roll guys down in the box and just go one high and, and leave J.J. Arcega on the white side, uh, white Arcega white side on the outside, that's clearly going to create. Like, I've never seen. I don't think I've ever seen him not convert on a jump ball. Like I, it's uncanny. Like the guy is unbelievable. He's like batting a thousand when you just throw up those those end zone fades or or I mean it's just I, it's amazing how good he is at boxing out and going to get the ball. And he's not like six six. He's like six two six three. He's 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 a he's a normal human being, and he just he just gets every one of those. Um, so I, I just I think if you're Stanford, yes, this was a. I mean, this this is wasn't the perfect game, but they, I like it, man. They gutted it out, they figured it out, uh, and they can beat you in a lot of different ways. And their defense is just good enough. Um, so I don't know. I'm not. This doesn't alter my perspective on what Stanford is and whether they have like national title hopes now. But certainly, it was I think an impressive effort. I feel like we're going to be looking at Stanford. Isn't Stanford Notre Dame this week? I think. This is this the week? Uh, this is like Notre Dame's. This is basically Notre Dame playing for the college football playoffs this week. I know, but I mean, if they win what this if it, game, what if it's also Stanford? Like the Stanford hype train could get out of control if Stanford wins this game. Whoever wins Stanford Notre no, Dame. But my point is, like Stanford, if Stanford wins, they let me see. Stanford still has to play Washington, Utah. They still got to play at Washington. You know they got to play even like at Cal is probably not and who knows maybe Washington State's decent at Arizona State. I mean there's just like a lot of games that look like they're they're losable and 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 of course there's still the Washington game which is very losable. But then you look at Notre Dame's and if they, if Notre Dame wins next weekend, then I've lost their schedule. But like Virginia Tech was supposed to be a challenge. They just lost to Old Dominion. Uh, Florida State was supposed to be a big challenge. Uh, they just, I mean, obviously, you know, Florida State's been trash. Uh, Pitt just lost to your boys at UNC. Even Navy, I mean, Florida, USC's not with, like, so what's, all of a sudden, you got, if, if Notre Dame wins this, then they're 5-0 and with a win over Michigan and a win over Stanford, and they should be double-digit favorites the rest of the way with the exception of maybe USC if they start to pull things together late in the season. Maybe at Northwestern's a tricky game. Mm. But like that, it's it's just like you don't even have to be that good to win out on that on that the rest of that schedule. What's uh? It's is Parkinson one of the other? Because you said JJ Arcega White is not that big a dude, but Sanford does have a big a couple of the like big tight end targets. And Arcega White is big. It's just like he's not like the way he his conversion percentage on jump balls. You think he's like six eight. <laughs> um, but he's, I mean, he's still like plenty big enough to be a problem. Uh, but yeah, Kobe Parkinson's like a good six, six plus, um, Caden Smith is, yeah, is, he's a monster yeah, too. Good. He's, he's a big dude. So they, I mean, they got, they got bodies now and even, you know, Trent Irwin is like a, he's six one, but he's, you know, he's, he's just such a, a crisp route runner that's, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to win some of those battles too. So they, they're, they're a they're, they're, they're like the ultimate possession receiver squad who's just so frustrating to play. And, you know, I so much of my argument was Justin Herbert greater than K.J. Costello. It is worth, I thought, K.J. Costello ridiculous confidence in that fourth quarter overtime. 
I mean, that was like the, no, we got this. We're going to go win. Like the loved the body language that we were seeing out of him down the stretch. There was a, there was a point in that game when you like, they were showing the sidelines and Oregon even had the ball. And I think it was before Justin Herbert got that um, sort of last first down that that looked like it was going to seal it for him. But Stanford was still trying to get a stop at that point. And, and, uh, Costello was like all up in the grill of his teammate, not like not, not like bitching people out, but just sort of like in a very intense manner, being like, you know, sort of telling them what was going on, what we need to do, keeping those guys focused. And it, it looked, I mean, he's he's got some, he's got some like really strong competitive temperament to the point where you almost wonder if he's got too much and, and you know can he play even keel? But that clearly hasn't hasn't been an issue so far. Um, where do you want to go? Where what's where, where do you want to go next? How about I mean, well, okay, let's let's go SEC, Kentucky, Mississippi State. Oh yeah, Be- SEC East, baby. That's is this is that this podcast bread and butter. We got a lot of SEC East answers this week, and one of my hunches, I said on the on the twenty four seven sports Facebook show this week, my bold prediction this week was that Kentucky is the second best team in the SEC East. I didn't, ex- I didn't expect them to beat Mississippi State. I did expect them to cover. I thought it would be c- a close competitive game. I love that Kentucky team, dude. Like That, that squad has got some salt to them. Like, they get flat after it. They're physical on defense. They, they, like, Josh Allen was a problem for that offensive line for Mississippi State. And then... They've got this wildcat offense where they don't even know what's coming, but their offensive line is just so physical that they're gonna they're gonna smash you, and and then all of a sudden you you know you're you're you you're, you know you're looking up and and they're just driving it down your throat, and so I I, I really like this uh, uh, this Kentucky defense and 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 the way they run the football. Like I, I'm, I'm a I'm a believer in this squad. Wow. See, I was I was get catching some flack because my uh, my early take I was on with Barrett Salee and Tom Luganbill on uh, Sirius XM this morning, and I said Kentucky, if you if you play Kentucky's game, like if Kentucky gets you to play their game, then you you have a chance to lose. That I was not a believer in Kentucky to the point of saying. I think they're a good enough football team to win a lot of different ways. Is that unfair? Like Kentucky is uh, sometimes when you play cards with your friends, the dealer gets to set the rules. And sometimes, you know, like you've got maybe a friend who throws in a couple extra rules that, you know, they know how to play. They, they end up winning. Uh, it, that's the kind of vibe I get from Kentucky that if you don't, um, get out in front. If you don't find ways to score and make Kentucky press a little bit, and you play the game they want to play, then you might lose, especially in Lexington. Like, is that? Do you believe in Kentucky enough to think that they can win lots of different ways? Who in the SEC East is Kentucky not going to be able to set the rules for? I'm, I'm only, I'm, I'm, I'm you saying, know what I mean? Yeah, big picture though. Like, yeah, big picture. Like, I, I don't. They're not going to be able to keep pace with. Alabama, like I, there, you know, if Oklahoma comes to town, like I have a hard time seeing them be able to 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 dictate the way that game is played. I mean, there's some limits. There's limitations. I'm not, I'm not, you know, 
Ooh, Missouri, just, Missouri, Kentucky. I don't know where that game is. I don't have a schedule in front of me, but who do you who do you favor? Probably Missouri. I mean, I don't know. That's a that's a good one. Like that's that will be know, a good so is, that will be a good test of Kentucky's greatness. Missouri. That is a. I think that'll be that'll be one. But I, don't know. I mean, look, Mississippi State was supposed to play this thing in a different style than Kentucky too. Now, I guess the, in a, in a way, Mississippi State is still ultimately <clears throat> kind of a master squad. And they're they've been rushing for three hundred yards a game and all that, and so and they did have and, like seventeen and, penalties for one hundred and fifty-seven yards penalty yards or something ridiculous like that. Not a good showing on the road, right? Yeah, and it was, and and so I don't want to I don't want to go overboard and say like this was a home game and uh at night in a big spot for for Kentucky, and and there there's there's still some vulnerabilities like there's no doubt, and and you know if you force Terry Wilson to throw it more than he wants to and, and you get them out of their game then yes you're gonna have a different looking team i just i just i just like this team i just like the like i like the way they figure it out and i like how physical they are on both sides of the ball and so uh this is you know i'm i that was a bold prediction when i made that last week about kentucky being the second best team in the east and but that's what we're here to do I, barton <laughs> right so i'm not I'm not saying like as a as a confident prediction. It's just a fun one that I think could very well pan out. Because Missouri, you're right. Missouri had a strong showing this weekend. South Carolina had a strong showing this weekend. Um, Would you, you know, Missouri was another one that in a loss looked pretty good. Yeah. I I mean I thought Missouri defensively. What I got to see of that game, Georgia was not getting what it wanted on offense. No. Was that Missouri no. or was that Georgia? being a little bit clunky with the gears playing on the road at noon. I think it was, I think Missouri was giving them some problems. I mean, they, what they, what they end up going for, uh, Georgia still had 445 yards of offense. So it wasn't like they just couldn't do anything. They still had big plays, big plays on defense from what I saw. Well, right. That was how. I mean, ultimately, that was the difference. They got what two defensive scores, um, but, but but like Missouri had some big stops. You know, the one where I was like really kind of struck me is how good this Missouri defense was. Is like at one point there was a fourth and one around midfield, and Georgia brought in like like fifteen or sixteen offensive linemen to just line up and just just throw bodies at at Missouri, and they didn't budge them they didn't budge them and then terry beckner knifed in and got a stop and you know turnover on downs and if missouri can can bring that kind of a dimension to the defense like that's a that's a pretty good team i got i think missouri's a pretty good team and they didn't even have a, a, a fully healthy emmanuel hall yesterday uh I, I i just think i think missouri's still a team that's gonna be hard to trust fully but i think missouri playing their best is going to be a pretty tough out for just about anybody in the country, uh, and so, I after this weekend, it's a pretty tough. Like it, we got some answers, and yet it, the answers were so, um, so like loud and and robust from in terms of Kentucky, Missouri, and South Carolina all looking really good. Uh, that I don't know among those teams who the number two team in the East is. What about uh, what because, did you? And, what, and I, 
was going to say because I didn't even didn't even mention Florida who ran beat the brakes no, off of Tennessee. No, we can't talk about that game. That game didn't happen. That game yeah. that game did not happen. Oh wait, hold on. It did happen. It happened because who I need to find out who the Tennessee assistant was who was writing on the whiteboard. Jeremy Pruitt kicks the whiteboard and then he goes right back to writing on the whiteboard. <laughs> I didn't I saw the like, you know, like the Twitter headline or whatever i didn't actually watch the video that that's that sounds entertaining yeah he's um, he's sitting there in front of the bench and he's like scribbling out what needs to happen pruitt gets up from chewing him out kicks the whiteboard assistant just doesn't miss a beat restraightens <laughs> the whiteboard goes right back to work well it sounds like we got a uh what was it, it was avante davis that quit in the middle of the game for the for the bills sounds like we had a, a mid game uh walk out from Corte Sapp there's been some um some varying stories on from Pruitt and Sapp on how that actually went down uh there's Pruitt is is such a competitive guy and and he's so intense Tennessee's fan base is is so rabid excitable and hungry for a winner uh the, a lot of these players are so beaten down at this point that there's just there's going to be some some like real drama around this Tennessee team over the course of the year if things keep going like this. It's just there's going to be a lot of instances like the whiteboard, like the guy quitting. Just there, this is going to be. I think it's going to get better for Tennessee eventually, but this is going to be a game where it's, or, or a season where it's going to be no fun to be a Tennessee fan but very entertaining from the outside looking in. Um, your Our boy Wes Rucker wrote that. I mean, his his column for uh, Goval's 24-7 was, yeah, it can get better, but it's going to get worse. And it's going to yeah. get worse this year. So yeah. uh, what do you – like, I'm going to be in Knoxville for that Alabama-Tennessee game. I mean, is that just going to be uh, not safe for work? That's going to be – I don't that that'll be because you're doing the tailgate stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, that's gonna be really. I'll I'll be interested to see what the vibe is. <laughs> I know because I'm sure it's gonna like everyone's. No one's gonna have any expectation to of winning that game. No. So what are the, what are the, what's even gonna be the perspective of those folks like pre like pre gaming? It's like pre gaming your own funeral or something. Oh man, what's the? Uh, I mean, I'm hoping I'm gonna get on a boat. What's it the the something navy that they have over there? Neyland's Navy is that, is that it? something? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I there's, should know that. I'm from, I'm from Tennessee. There's there's some talk about um, getting on a boat with Josh Dobbs. If that happens, who cares what? The, no, I'm just kidding. Not who cares. But <laughs> <laughs> is there is there really legitimately some talk about that? Yeah, that'd be dope. Yeah, I don't know. I'm we're we're trying to crank up the weird um, in these videos now, where okay. we we've gotten a couple under our belt. You know, seeing if I could, I try. I tried to see if I could go play the Denny Chimes. That didn't work. You can't just go and just like, like, play flip cup and like funnel beers and just get sloshed. I I know. Is, is that allowed? <laughs> no, uh, no. We we actually have. Uh, we we got to take a lot of effort. Like we're here to document the tailgate scene. Uh, we need everyone to put your beers down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but there was, there, was, yeah. there was a lot of fun footage at bama that cannot make the final cut from uh 
some frat dogs that were getting loose and more than happy to talk on camera. Right. <laughs> yeah, the, the outtakes from that thing is probably the best. Yeah. You're not going to Baton Rouge this year, are you? I am. Oh, that's going to that, that's gonna present a challenge for your production crew to make sure everybody's got their, it's got their uh, libations under control. Um, while, while we're there, oh, yeah, I'm there for Georgia LSU. I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, right. So LSU, little bit of a scare sleepwalking a little bit in the second half any concerns about the tigers uh and the the good mojo and the good vibe that they had going into louisiana tech now that we're leaving that game no and i didn't i didn't i didn't watch the game i mean i flipped it over a couple times when it was close to to keep an eye on it but i i mean i picked la tech to cover uh this is a spot where they sort of snuck in and you know, after a big win um this was this made sense that this was going to be a letdown spot for lsu so I'm, I'm not concerned about that they still ended up pouring it on late it seems like um so no, no 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 take on that other than that was a that was a nice cover opportunity for louisiana tech anyways um all right let's go to the big 10 big game wisconsin iowa uh iowa offensively you know they've they've got no fan they've got their good tight end play this was by the way if what? we're going to do this conference by conference, what one uh, Auburn's numbers against Arkansas were like pretty pathetic. They scored what uh they had a kickoff return touchdown and yeah, another non-offensive touchdown. I, another game I didn't watch, but like uh, an Auburn team that's starting to be like this is starting to turn to to transition back into just sort of one of those ugly Auburn offenses that is just sort of unpleasant and when is this going to start to to look good again so that's you know they're going too stark for in a couple weeks yeah um that's gonna be a that's gonna be a tough spot we don't Uh, we don't have to take it conference by conference where where else do you want to go we can talk about virginia tech and the monarchs well, I just didn't want to get out of the SEC before I, I, I mentioned that Auburn's got some problems. And also, I would say, too, about Georgia. I think that says a lot about Georgia that they didn't play their best game and still kind of cruised. Like, they never – like, I, I, I took it as a more of a positive than a negative for Georgia to kind of just go through the motions and get out of there with a the win. It's not Alabama stuff, but it's – it's. I, I still think Georgia – I come away feeling pretty good about Georgia um, – you know, particularly with Missouri looking pretty solid. So, all right, there's my SEC conclusion, I think. So we can go Wisconsin, uh, Iowa, or Texas TCU, and then Oklahoma let's go, Army. Let's go Texas TCU first. I spent a lot of time watching that game. Okay. Um, I did not get a lot of time watching this game. I relied on highlights, box score, write-ups, and such. So I, where am I fair to want to pump the brakes a little bit on texas love well yeah of course i mean how many times have we been fooled but i do think tcu is 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 i don't think tcu's fraudulent i think tcu's a good, good team and texas like it wasn't that wasn't fluky i mean it was a close game and it probably isn't you know the 31 16 score is almost a little misleading um but it, it, it certainly wasn't a fluky win and I do think, you know, Texas to me, like, so TCU comes in and like, that's their thing is how, is how fast and athletic they are. Right. Um, well, T- like Texas came in and really on both sides of the ball, like they, 
they're just a big physical team. I thought the offensive line played physical. They've got a quarterback in Sam Ellinger who we've had we've had this roller coaster ride of of opinions on. Like it's you never know how you're going to sort of feel about Sam Ellinger, but I think one thing he is without question is he's a physical tough kid. And so there's that side of it. Trey Watson had 15 carries for 58 yards. But there are some tough carries and tough yards mixed in there. Uh, and then they got these big receivers and Colin Johnson and a little Jordan Humphrey who you throw it to, and if you don't tackle them right away, they can kind of rumble. Defensively, they've got – it's a fast defense that you can't run the ball on very effectively. And then they've got a freshman on the back end in Caden Stearns that is just a hawk. That guy will find the football. And so I – am as as weary as you are to like not hype texas so i'm not gonna go and hype texas but i do like that was a really encouraging win for texas and they beat a really good team in tcu and you know is there a letdown at some point this year probably uh probably but there's also this also looks like a team that you know if it takes care of the football and and plays it's as its best self, Oklahoma's Oklahoma could lose that game. You know that's so I I I do think as you look at the rest of the schedule, and particularly because look, I think Kansas State appears to be not that great. Baylor appears to still be figuring it out. But what do we make Oklahoma of Oklahoma State, State and Texas Tech? Like, is is that middle suddenly tougher because Texas Tech, with a pretty good defense and running the ball well at times, like I I don't know how to wrap my mind around that result and what it means for the Big Twelve, a league that we have at times wondered if it's kind of bad, but is it just really really interesting and how? You know, if TCU is falling back to the pack and West Virginia is still looking really salty on defense up front, like you're right. Like I think I'll you- say this. I'll say this. I think that if as I look at Texas' schedule, I think the toughest wins in that conference, Texas is getting at home. They're getting Oklahoma at home. They're getting West Virginia at home, and they're getting Iowa State at home. I think those are the three toughest wins in that conference right now. Other than what they just, you know, they just had TCU at home too. So I mean, other than TCU, so I, I don't know. Like I'm not. Trust me, I don't want to go go off on a on a Texas, you know, jump jump on the Texas train and start like waving the flag. They they burned they burned me too many times. Uh, but this team is this team's pretty good. I mean, I do think they're pretty good, and I think that it appears to be that this this, you know, it, it appears that the Maryland game probably was not sort of who they are um after two pretty good weeks in a row so i don't know i got so yeah like let's 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 let them earn it because they didn't blow out tcu and the usc game could have could have turned the other way uh, you know early in that game they got both those teams at home i you know there's this i feel like the i feel like the guy who's like you know has 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 been burned so many times by this chick and yet I keep on going back to her and like I'm trying to talk myself into all the reasons why she's changed and she has but I'm just keep getting sucked <laughs> in and and like 
and sure enough, she's gonna you know she's gonna burn me again. So I I'm, I'm not I'm not ready to get back together with her yet. But there's a lot to like about her right now. What about West? We uh, what about West Virginia? Because we didn't get Still, to see uh, him. We we didn't see him last week. NC State game gets canceled because of Hurricane Florence. I I know Kansas State's not Kansas State, and I'm putting Kansas State at the bottom in that sort of bottom rung. Uh, instead of being like lower middle, I think they are firmly bottom rung. Bottom rung, they are not the Kansas State that we are used to seeing. But I still think as long as they're playing salty on defense up front and Will Greer's healthy, I don't know, man. I'm starting to turn my own tune on West Virginia right now. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we were definitely pumping the brakes on West Virginia preseason. I'm with you. They are – I mean, to me – it makes all the difference in the world that they're playing so well defensively. Um, and so, I mean, what did they do that like this week? Look, Kansas state is nothing special. It appears like that's, but they held them to, you know, 318 yards of offense and 91 rushing yards. And that's, that's, uh, if you're holding Kansas state to 91 rushing yards, that's pretty, that's pretty impressive. And I guess, and they turned the ball over like four times in that game. Um, so that's, you know, they're, they're not playing their best and, and still taking care of business pretty easily. Um, all right. So Wisconsin, Iowa, Wisconsin, Iowa. I think, I think I was really good. I think I was, I think that's a really good win for Wisconsin, especially on the road. Uh, and I th- and I think I think everything's still out in front of them right now. Um, it's it's the same old Iowa. It's not spectacular, but they're going to grind out some more wins. And but I just I, I don't I don't I just I, I still don't expect them to go and and sweep the Michigan Penn State road games either though. Yeah, I, I think there's I think the limit. It's it's sort of it's back to where we just. We're back to like, all right, we're gonna doubt we're gonna doubt Wisconsin, but they, you know, we'll expect them to prove us wrong, kind of deal. Like we, you know, because preseason it was like this is a new Wisconsin. Now we need to start expecting playoffs or something. I'm back to like, you know what? Like I can't, I don't, I don't know how they're gonna do it, but they're probably gonna prove me wrong. Um, you know, Horn and Brook got it done when it mattered, um, and they had some big stops. You know when it, when it when it counted, but ultimately I, I still this is just a good football team. It's well coached, and they're just going to make some plays, but they're not. They don't scare me. Yeah. I got- also, if you're Kirk Ferris, like that, what I think it was like opening drive, very early in that game, they, they go down, get inside the ten, and they go for it on fourth down, and it was just like obviously they weren't going to get it. Like if you're going to get in that game, get points, man. Just go get points anywhere you can get them, because that game played out exactly how you expected it. You know, a late score at the end. I think the over hit, but uh, I mean that that was that was a classic just smash mouth battle. And you just got to go find points, Kurt. That over hitting on the late touchdown was trash. It was like, <laughs> were you on that under? Yes. Oh God, you were on that. I was on that and, and you had on a good Oregon week too. You were, let's see. You were at five and three, and that would have made you that would have made you six and two. And Oregon would have made me seven and one. 
Oh, gosh, Chip, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, but that's a great feeling when you can go five and three, and and now you're starting to see the ball with that. Yeah. I mean, that's, was, that's, that's was, like, that's like, that's like a line out to like the, the warning track, you know, like, man, I got some good wood on that thing, but just hit it in the wrong place. Well, it was like, uh, y'all were talking about on Twitter during the, the games is I just got to keep it local. I just got to get <laughs> like, I lost, I lost the wake one, which by the way, Hey, so Wimbush not playing in that game was the perfect scenario for Notre Dame to have your primary passing threat quarterback going up against Wake Forest secondary. Well, yeah, but also like I if if I knew Wim, if I knew that, that Ian Book was starting that game over Brandon Wimbush, I would have I would have been I would I would not have played that game either because I trust Notre Dame more with Ian Book. And I don't know that Ian Book is more talented than Brandon Wimbush. But there's some choppiness to Brandon Wimbush's game that's just unsettling, and I don't think the offense runs smoothly with him under center. And I think I think Ian Book it, it makes them a better football team. So, you know, credit Brian Kelly for making that move. Um, I think that I think it's it makes me more optimistic about Notre Dame with Ian Book under center. What about uh, Boston College going on the road to play Purdue? We were out in the tailgate fields for that one, but. I, I can't I can't help if I'm thinking like yeah uh, Boston College was due to get God at some point or whether there was maybe something more concerning there for the Eagles or encouraging about Purdue. So I, I thought I, I thought for a while about that game for and, and picking it for our uh, experts pick thing, and I was I was thinking like all right, Purdue's lost like three straight games by one or two points. They're 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 a good team, but at the same time, that's a hard grind to go through, where you're just you know you know you're good, but you keep on losing close games, and you keep on playing good teams, and then BC comes to town and then another good team, and like maybe when they get down this time, they just they they're just they sort of tap out and they don't have the the mental toughness to to fight through it for a fourth straight week. That was the wrong take. Like the, the the right take was Purdue is such a like there's they, Jeff Brom is such a good coach. These guys have like it wasn't they they didn't lose these other games for lack of mental toughness. Like they just barely lost. And I think the 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 correct take clearly would have been and was that this team's gonna break through. Like they're gonna have they're they're not gonna keep on losing these games. And I think BC caught them at the wrong time. I still like BC a lot. But I just think they rolled into town with Purdue. Just they, Purdue had kind of had enough. Yeah. Uh, so I, that's a that's a that's a big win for that because Purdue at, at one and three now is that's a good that's a that's a really good solid one and three program one and three team. Which is weird to say, but it is weird to say. Not untrue. And given what we've seen in the Big Ten West, maybe that team does make a bowl game. Yeah. I'm not putting it past them. I mean, they could they could figure some things out. Uh, um, let's see, Nikosi Perry. We we think it. Mar- yeah, did, did, didn't watch the game, but kept on seeing the highlight or kept on seeing his numbers pop up, where it was like Nikosi Perry has gone now seven for eight for two touchdowns or or whatever, and it's like, all right, do we have something now, Miami? I mean, Mark Rick said after the game. Uh, 
Mark, he said after the game that Malik did nothing wrong, but other quarterbacks are finally starting to progress a little bit. And it's like you were saying. Did he say, did he say other quarterbacks? Uh, or did he say Nikosi Perry? He did not specifically identify Nikosi Perry, I don't think. That's interesting. So I wonder if like there's if the the quarterback room in general is like rising up right now. And Malik uh Malik seeing his time come to an end. He's like at the hourglass and the sands are falling through. <laughs> right. I mean this is uh, look, he he's he's had a good run. You know, for a guy with some limitations, he's had a good run. So and you know, I hope he's enjoyed that because it is. It's, it's probably time for Miami to get somebody a, 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 a go of it. If if Nikosi Perry's competent, he's certainly got more upside. So roll with him. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't know what to make of Miami. Uh, Virginia Tech's in trouble. The ACC is not looking great right now. Duke's ranked. Duke. Duke has. Uh, it is so banged up right now, and it's checking in at the new AP poll at number 22. Oh, is that out right now, the AP poll? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, shoot, man. Duke's, Duke's not bad. They, you know, but they're not the 22nd what? best team in the country. Certainly not in their current status. We're just in that weird point of the season where right we're, we're just we're, we're all just guessing. Yeah. Who I'm hasn't just, lost? We're still guessing. Yeah. How about this one, man? What about Michigan just skull crushing Nebraska? Like that was. I, what what do we think about Michigan right now? Because I still look Nebraska's. Yes, they got a ways to go, but that's not a terrible team. And and I think that for Michigan to just absolutely dominate them the way they did. Um, you know, I don't know what what's what how 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 optimistic are you about what Michigan can accomplish the rest of the way? You got to do it away from home. It's what they do at the big house in Nebraska. Nebraska was red meat for them. Like what? I didn't watch every bit of that game, but it was like another game where um, defense play. Another game at the big house where the defense plays really well and. Uh, there's a couple of big plays. Karan Higdon bursts loose for a couple of 20-yard runs, and the offense ends up looking good, and the team ends up scoring like 40, right? I mean, this is – it is – I want to go – maybe that's an activity for this week to go back and circle all these different spots where Michigan at home under Jim Harbaugh against teams it should beat absolutely crushes them. Well, because what happens is they play man – and then they just and then they they gobble those receivers up on the outside. They're so good up front on defense that they they suffocate you at the line of scrimmage, and and then you just can't move the football. And then offensively, you know they run this downhill physical sort of pro style system where if you got better personnel, then you can it's going to work. You're going to run it down their throat. But then if but like when it comes to actually. You know, I don't know if out scheming is the right word or not. But when, when talent, it comes to, when talent is more even, how about that? When talent, yeah. When there's when there's when talent is equal, Michigan has not proven yet that it's it can it can win those games. But yeah, I do think it's this is something to to, to remember <laughs> for us that all right, if Michigan's got a team 
that is is a is a is a is it a team given their style of play is going to is going to crush them yeah i think michigan overs at the big house have been crushing in that same time period too it's just that's just what they do um adrian martinez did play though that wasn't that made me feel weird inside you just didn't think he was ready yeah yeah I, 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 tr- I trust, I trust Frosty on that one. I mean, because he knew to a certain extent he was going to be thrown to the wolves. I would, I doubt he would have done that if he. They were not, they're not going to win that game because Adrian Martinez is, is in or isn't, or maybe they thought they could have. But clearly, that there was, a, there was too much of a, of a mismatch for one guy to have made a difference in that one. Um, Louisville losing to Virginia badly. Badly. I'm telling you. I, I don't want to go out prognosticating firings. Uh, that's not probably shouldn't be what we do regularly on this pod. But if there's one seat that I think is legitimately going to warm up the quickest, I, I think that Bobby Petrino's is probably going to be the one to keep an eye on because it's a new AD. Been a lot of bad press in that athletic department. You know, there's there's but, going to be a lot of temptation to just sort of scrap it and start over. But is Jeff Brom going to leave? Well, I, if it's, if it's, if it's Jeff Brom or bust, then I guess you got to, you got to figure that out. But I think there's, they can probably find other good candidates, but I bet you he would leave. Mm. I bet he would. Cause that's if, if I am, uh, Vince Tyra, I that's that's my calculus you know like you already went and you did the move to replace Patino with Chris Mack and that was the back up the money truck move you know one of the best available coaches you just you go out you chase him down you get him you got Bobby Petrino this year is really 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 bad but is Brom ready to to come home and do you do you go get him now? And is he is he ready to do it? Uh I don't know. Can he bring Rondale Moore? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It would be it's, it would be a tough it'd be tough for Brown to pull the trigger, I'm sure. But that guy, there's a there's probably a possibility that Louisville is the dream job for one of the best young coaches in the game. And if that's the case, then that's a you know, you just I don't know. Yeah, it would be. It's a tricky situation, but regardless, like I again, I got to think that there's someone out there they can feel better about than if things just go like three and nine type of year for Louisville. Uh, any anything else stand out to you? Cleaning out the notebook. You know, I haven't given up on USC. Oh yeah, they. Uh, why? Why USC was actually like trying to run the ball a little bit early in that game. I didn't stay up for the whole thing. What was uh? Yeah, so, somehow, somehow that run game kind of withered away. I don't know why. I don't know why it always seems to do that. Uh, but USC's they're still a frustrating group, and they're still, you know, there's still a lot of concerns. But USC might be a good team by the end of the year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave that open as a possibility because there is, like, there, there's still. You know, Clay Helton has been here in before where they started like one and three and then they finished ten and three or whatever that, you know, was that Darnold's redshirt freshman year. 
Um, so, look, he, JT Daniels is, is JT Daniels makes some throws that are stupid. Like just and and I guess I should clarify like good like, stupid like in, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. the best kind of stupid yeah like shouldn't be able to make that throw like that's that was that that was a that was an insane ball that you just unleashed out of your out of your hand um and and look now they got guys like Talano Hufanga at safety who's a, who's a who's a true freshman that like was flashing all over the field the other night. Um, you know, if some of these young guys start to come of age, if the offensive line starts to get healthy and, and starts to really start, you know, gelling, who knows? But I just, I think that JT Daniels is going to be talented enough with Amon Ross St. Brown and, and, and Tyler Vaughn and Michael Pittman. And like, there's, God, it's just, man, it's, I still can't believe how talented they are for them to be underachieving like this. So the reality is, I think there still is a path to them being a really good team by the end of the year. I just, there's no guarantee they're going to get on it. But there's also still a path for USC to win the Pac-12 championship. Yeah. Right? There is. I mean, there is. Yeah. I don't, I, if, if USC continues on a trajectory where it is improving along the way, I have not seen anything else in the Pac-12 South that suggests they cannot win that division. And man, who knows? Like if, if USC is at its best version of itself on the first weekend in December, that could be a wrap for Stanford or Washington. Yeah. They're at Arizona, Colorado at Utah, Arizona state at Oregon state, Cal at UCLA and Notre Dame. Yeah. I mean, nothing on that's nothing on that is like unwinnable. At Utah is the scariest one because those guys just come going to come in there and just turn it into a street fight. Uh, and I'm not sure US. I'm not sure this USC team is going to win a street fight. Mm. Uh, but it's 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 going to be look maybe maybe winning a close game and figuring out a way to win is exactly what could bring this team together. It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to figure it out. Man. See see if they can see if they can see if they can piece it all together. You did not sell any USC stock, and you're here trying to manipulate the market. <laughs> I, I unloaded a little bit of USC <laughs> stock, but I still, but I'm still hanging on to a few shares <laughs> just to try, try not to go totally broke. Listen, I was on the earnings call too. I don't think this is as bad news as everyone else. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> No, listen, I think USC absolutely could be an eight and four Pac twelve champion. <laughs> you get what that? if USC finishes what if USC finishes ten and two and has a Pac twelve championship and doesn't quite make the playoff but has put together a very like is the hottest team in football again like they were in twenty sixteen heading to the Rose Bowl. But and then Michigan wins the Big Ten and with the one loss has the playoffs. And I end up getting three out of the four playoffs with a hot USC team. All those jokers that are flooding my DM saying, nice playoff pick, buddy, are going to be, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it in their face then. USC, USC, buy the stock now. I'm the dumb dumb who had Washington and Wisconsin. So, you know, I'm over. It's done. They're still, uh, uh, they're still alive, right? Wisconsin's not going to make the college football playoff. Wisconsin's not going to make the college football playoff with the loss to BYU, even if BYU continues to be successful. 
Dude, but look, if they win at Penn State, at Michigan, and beat Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game, they are in. Do you think they're they, in? All right, so do you think they're going to do that? The, no, 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 I don't. Yeah. I'm just saying you can't like mathematically rule it out. And that, that, yeah, that's that's the new problem. Is like there, it's it's hard to envision them being good enough to do that. Agreed with that, but the path is still there. Hmm. He is Barton Simmons. You can follow him at Barton Simmons. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. He's got to go be on CBS Sports HQ. Make sure you go watch CBS Sports HQ all the time. I got a flight to catch. Barton, thank you very much. Deserve.